Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fresh Frozen Southerner podcast. My name is Jay. I hope all is well. I hope everyone is enjoying some beautiful spring weather. I've got a quick weather update for you from the frozen hellscape that is northeast Pennsylvania. I can see the grass in my front yard again. And I know that don't sound like such a big deal, but that is the first time that I have been able to see my front yard since a week or two before Christmas. Um, It has been just monochromatic white from that time until now. And it is really wonderful to see some grass. I I can't wait for spring to get here. A few years ago, I made the brilliant decision to purchase another motorcycle. And then I realized that where I'm living, I have got maybe two good months of riding weather to enjoy. But seeing the grass means that it is on its way. It's probably another month before I can hope to see any leaves start to bud out on the trees. But we're heading that direction and I am excited. Another good thing about the turn in the weather is that my wife and I are car shopping. Now, we generally keep vehicles for a long time. Uh, The vehicle we're going to replace is a 2011 model, so it's only 10 years old. But when we drive back to Virginia to visit family, that's about a thousand miles round trip. And we have just piled the miles up on that poor car at an astonishing rate. It currently has about 283,000 miles on it, so I kind of feel like we got our money's worth. It's strange to be getting rid of a car that's as relatively new as it is. My wife's been driving for 28 years, and when we get her new car, that will be the fourth vehicle that she's had in her lifetime. And I say new, it'll be new to us. We don't purchase brand new vehicles. The reason we buy used is if you look around and take your time, you can find a good condition used car that's two, three years old, you can get it for almost half of what you would pay for a new one. Now, it's your money if you enjoy owning a new car, and a lot of people do. They like being the only person that's owned that car. They know everything that's happened to it. Knock yourself out. The only thing worse than making a car payment is making a car payment on a vehicle that you are not completely happy with. If you love your car, it makes it a lot easier to write that check out every month. So if you like new cars, by all means, it's your money, it's your car. Do what you want. Personally, I like buying used cars just because you save so much money. And also, if there's any issues with that model of vehicle, those will have come to the surface before you purchase it. Any recalls and stuff, most of the time, those will have been taken care of on a used car. And another little bit of buying advice while we're on the subject, avoid purchasing a vehicle the first model year after they have done a redesign because they will have put a lot of new mechanics into that car. And a lot of times there's bugs that show up that they didn't find in testing. Um, I drive a 2015 GMC Canyon and I have my own rule at And I'm having a couple of little issues, nothing major, but there are some things with the vehicle that just don't work the way they should. And it's simply because a lot of new things in that car that they didn't have worked out yet. If I'd have waited and bought a 16, they probably would have been taken care of. But now I'm living with some little niggles in my vehicle. Again, nothing major, but it is annoying. Part of shopping for a new car, my wife's been asking me questions. One of the things she asked about was gap and gap coverage. If you're not familiar with this, if you purchase a brand new vehicle, 
when you drive that car off the lot, it does depreciate a pretty significant amount. So let's say you purchase a vehicle for $30,000. You have a car loan for $30,000, but two days after you buy it, somebody runs a red light and totals your car. Your insurance is not going to give you the amount of the loan. They're going to give you what the car is worth. Your loan is $30,000. The car is only worth $27,000. Gap coverage will give you the money for that $3,000 difference. So you're not stuck with having leftover amount on your loan after the insurance company takes care of the cost of the car. And just in case you're wondering, I have heard people ask about or complain about, I should say, the fact that the car depreciates as soon as you take possession of it my entire life. Everybody says, you know, how the hell can the car be worth less money? I literally just drove it home. It's got 10 miles on it. There's actually a good explanation for that. Just want you to think about the simple fact that as soon as you take possession of that car, you've signed the paperwork, they've handed you the keys, and you drive that car off of the dealership's property. When the rear tires of that car hit the pavement of the street, that car is officially now a used car. And just think of it this way. Imagine a dealership has got two identical vehicles, same color, same options, everything's the same. You go on the lot to look at those cars. You're looking at car A, it's $30,000, and car B is the same car, but somebody purchased it and brought it back. They just decided this is a mistake, or I can't afford this, or what was I thinking, but they just brought it back. Car's only got like five miles on it. Mechanically, the cars are in identical condition. Are you going to pay full new price for the used car? Of course you wouldn't. Nobody would. That's why the car comes down in value. People will not pay $30,000 for that car anymore. And the car is only worth what people will pay for it. So it's not a mechanical, it's not the fact that you owned it for a day and then took it back. It's not that you somehow tainted it by being inside it. It's just simply the fact that that vehicle legally has to be sold as used and nobody is going to pay full price for a used vehicle. That's why they depreciate. The average depreciation on a new vehicle is 10% as soon as you take possession of it. And that's, it sounds crazy when you, when you just hear that. But if you'll think about the reasoning behind it, it does make a lot of sense. It's, again, reality on reality's terms. A used vehicle is not going to bring the same price as a new one, even though they're basically the same car. All right, I came across something the other day. I want to read to you a short excerpt from a New York Post article. Columbia University is planning to hold six additional graduation ceremonies for students according to their race and other aspects of how they identify. How does this solve any social issues that might be plaguing our country? Our national motto is E Pluribus Unum. It means from many, one. The meaning of that is that all these different individuals are supposed to come together and we all create one society. I don't ever remember learning in school that equality meant I get a special ceremony just for me and you're not allowed to be a part of it. Your woke culture has convinced itself that it is fighting to correct injustice in our society. And they say that society segregated these people and they treated them differently. 
So you're going to correct that by segregating these people and treating them differently? That, that makes no sense whatsoever. For my entire life, segregation was the epitome of racism. But here lately, I'm seeing a big push toward it. Uh, colleges are talking about having African-American-only dorms. And How is it racist if you do it to a person, but it's not racist if you're doing it for a person? I just don't understand how these ideas make it out of the planning stages. And it highlights an interesting phenomenon, which is when you go too far to one extreme, you're actually getting close to the other extreme. There is a YouTube video. The title of it is When Woke and Racist Actually Agree on Everything. I recommend you go watch it. Uh, Number one, it's funny and it's well written, but it is just so spot on accurate which is part of the reason it's so funny, because we all know people that actually think the way the two gentlemen in this video do. And it just shows that concept perfectly. Both of these people are so far to the extreme that they're not far apart from each other. They're the same person. They just don't think of themselves the same way. But highlighting our differences is never going to bring us together. And the reason that's a bad thing is... Human beings throughout our history, we have not really gotten along with people outside of our own group. And there's actually an evolutionary reason for this. It's a survival tactic that has been hammered into us through years of evolution. And I want you to think back with me. We're going back three million years ago. Back to when our ancestors were closer to being animals than they are to modern humans. I want you to imagine yourself living in a little valley with a stream running through it with your family group of Australopithecuses. Australopithecai? I don't know. But on the other side of the stream that runs through this little valley, there's another family group, herd, pack. I'm not sure what anthropologists called a family group of our distant ancestors. But that group living across the stream is as identical to your family group as is possible. They look the same. Their social hierarchy is the same. Mating ritual is the same. They are identical to you. But you don't like that other group. You wish that other group did not live over there. And probably those two groups are going to have physical confrontations multiple times. And it's not because of bigotry or ignorance. It's simply that that other group represents competition for the resources that your family group needs to survive. And that is going to cause you not to want them to be there. And we have brought that with us into the modern day. And even 2,000 years ago, when people didn't travel, the only people they ever saw was people from the same types of society, the same religion. They look the same. They dress the same. They talk the same. But still, you saw Clan wars in Scotland and Ireland, house wars in Europe and Russia, China, Japan. You saw tribal wars in Africa and Native American tribes and Mesoamerican tribes. Pacific Islanders would send out raiding parties to neighboring islands. This is something that's in us. It's very primitive and it does not express itself in good ways. It's actually quite violent and causes a lot of problems between cultures. But that's why it's important to not focus on people's differences. 
we need to be focused on the things that make us the same. I've said before that the area that I live in has got a very large population of immigrants from the Dominican Republic. I worked very closely with a young man for years that was born in the Dominican Republic. His family moved here when he was 10. Uh, He went through the process. He earned his citizenship. And we got along fantastic. I think the world of the guy. He was hard worker, always in a great mood. He was just one of those people that it's almost impossible not to like them personally. It wasn't that I wasn't aware that he was from the Dominican Republic. I, I mean, I'll, if we stood next to each other, we looked very different. I'm about as white as you can be. He had very dark skin. Now, his English was excellent, but he did have a little bit of a Hispanic accent. We were aware that we came from two different places, but that did not matter. I actually enjoyed being around him. It exposed me to a culture that I had no prior experience with. Um, His mother would cook him dinner a lot of times. He'd bring leftovers in. I got to try a lot of Dominican dishes, but the differences didn't matter. What mattered is, is that we got along personally. We worked well together and we weren't just coworkers. We were friends. And I asked him one day, I asked him if he ever saw himself moving back to the DR, and I loved his answer. He said that he enjoys visiting, Um, he still has family there. There are a couple of things that he does miss about living in the Caribbean. I'm sure one of them is being somewhere where it doesn't snow five months out of the year. But he said, I'm an American now, this is my home. And there's actually a pretty strong argument that he's more of an American than I am. I'm an American because both my parents were citizens and I was born here, which basically means that I had to do nothing. This young man had to go through a several-year-long process, pass a test. I'm sure it's not a cheap program to enter into. He earned his citizenship, and he's proud of it, and he has every right to be. But if we focused on our differences, it would put a strain on our working relationship. But that's not what we did. We just worked together. And that was the end of it. And everything worked out great. And if we would focus on the things that make us similar, instead of focusing on the differences, everything would work out so much better in our society. Why do you think when somebody joins the military and they enter into basic training, they're given similar haircuts, they wear identical uniforms, they're all doing the exact same type of training, and it's not about trying to erase somebody's differences. It's not It goes beyond just saying, well, okay, this guy's African-American, this guy's Caucasian, this guy's Jewish, this guy's Latino. It's not that you're erasing those differences. You're making them so that they're unimportant. You're making these individuals share a very rigorous training schedule, very mentally challenging time in their life. These things turn a bunch of individuals into a cohesive unit. It's called esprit de corps, the spirit of camaraderie. And it's a way to get past people's different backgrounds and different cultures and turn them into a team. It is basically the exact opposite of what Columbia University is doing with this asinine idea to hold multiple graduations. Let me read you what they tweeted out about these events. These events are important, intimate, and welcoming spaces for students aligned with these groups to come together to celebrate their achievements. 
they're not bringing people together. You're separating people. How can these educated, intelligent people not understand that? These kids have shared a campus for four years, had classes together. Do you want to bring people together? Have one graduation. Let them celebrate this shared experience that they have had for the last four years. Don't exclude people. Don't have special ceremonies for special groups. Everybody should be together. That's how we get over the problems in our society. I know it sounds insane, but let's promote equality by treating people equally. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I am just an inbred, mouth-breathing yokel. Maybe I am as dumb as these people would say I am if I dared voice any of these opinions in front of them. Maybe these people are as intelligent as they think they are. Maybe they have got all this figured out on a level that nobody else in human history has managed to achieve. Answer me this question. What's your plan? What is your plan once we are divided into our separate little camps and we've got the wagon circled and we are ready to shoot anybody from outside the circle that tries to get in. What's the plan for when we are so isolated from everybody else and distrustful of anybody not in our group that we can't talk to each other anymore and we can't work with each other anymore and we can't live in the same neighborhood anymore? What is your plan then? Because when we reach that point, and we're heading there very quickly, you have destroyed our society. It will be the end of the American experiment. And I don't see how you can believe that there is anything good that is going to come from that situation. The only thing I can see happening is armed conflict between these different groups. E pluribus unum. Our goal should be to forge a society where our differences don't matter. I don't mean erase our differences. That is an impossibility. I just mean that they should not matter. What is similar about us is what we should focus on. Because you cannot unite us by dividing us. And obviously, the geniuses at Columbia University believe that that's possible. But if you think that by dividing us, you can bring everyone together, you're a moron. And we shouldn't listen to any opinions you have on any issue. All right, guys, I know that was a little bit of a heavier subject than I normally do, uh, but it felt good to get all that off my chest. Thank you for sitting with me once again. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, if you'd like to leave me a comment, send me an email at freshfrozensoutherner at gmail.com. And if you would leave me a positive review and share this show with a friend, I would certainly appreciate it. All right, I hope everyone has a great weekend, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you very much, and have a good day. Mm-hmm.